It is wonderful to be with you again. Uh, thank you so much for, uh, for joining with us this morning. And, and I don't think it's too early to say Happy Christmas. Um, maybe, well, maybe it is. Some people might say, hang on, Drew, you're two weeks too early. My view is we've only got two more weeks to be able to say that. So let's really max it out. So Happy Christmas, everybody. Um, and I, I don't know how you're feeling about celebrating Christmas this year. Um, maybe celebrating it feels exactly right. That's exactly the word. You're, you're feeling full of festive cheer and, and excited and, and ready to indulge in as much carol singing and turkey eating as your body can muster. Um, as Tim has mentioned, though, for others, there, there might be a little more hesitancy in using that language of celebrating for Christmas. Uh, the past couple of years have been tough. They've, they've taken their toll in many different ways for many of us. And, and so for a huge variety of reasons... Um, it might feel that for some of us, we feel like we're just going to endure Christmas, uh, just get through to the other side of it rather than celebrate it. Um, uh, perhaps you find yourself somewhere in between, not full of festive cheer, but also just not burdened by those kind of emotions and weights. Uh, you describe yourself in that wonderful Northern Irish way of uh, fair to Midland. Um, I, well, as we turn our attention to Christmas uh, in our Sunday gatherings over the next few weeks, um, I'm almost wanting to piggyback on the back of our head, heart, hand series, which we finished last week, um, because I hope that, that as we look at this wonderful story in the Bible of God coming to earth again, I, I hope that whatever our current circumstances and our current feelings might be about Christmas, or however many Christmases we've celebrated up to this point, and therefore the familiarity with the story could potentially mean that we don't feel that excited about it. I would hope and love for all of us to hear God's truth about Christmas, and to allow that truth to implant in our hearts uh, and therefore direct our actions as we prepare ourselves for this joyful season, as Tim has led us in thinking of this morning. Now, now that's not to say that we should just plainly ignore you know, the highs and lows that many of us are experiencing, not at all. Rather, uh, it's an invitation to, to step back from both the, the hype that can sometimes be conjured up at this time of year, um, but also the despair that some of us might be sitting in uh, and hope to, to lift our eyes to see the true reason for the season. Um, and as we do, we, we focus our Advent teaching on, on, our, on our events and our, uh, our, our programs over the next couple of weeks on the message that Jesus is the true light. It's taken directly from uh, John 1, verse 9. Now, you've possibly seen it on candles or in flyers that have been distributed. Um, but thinking about lights is not, is not strange for us at Christmas time. Sure, it's not we... It's, it's something we're used to. We, we light up our Christmas trees. We light up our houses, the, the guttering, the fencing, the gardens. Everything gets lit up. And then we walk into town or we, we travel around and we see everyone is just flooded with lights. So City Hall gets lit up. Even public transport now says Merry Christmas on the front. It's, it's a wonderful time when we use lights to help celebrate Christmas. And as I've been reflecting on the reality of Jesus as the true light, as John 1.9 tells us, it's brought almost a sense of freshness to all of this illumination. You see, I love Christmas lights at the best of times, and when I've seen them this year, it's reminded me of this verse from John 1.9, that Jesus is the true light. And yes, our Christmas lights can be impressive. They can be envy-inducing on our street. I don't know whether your street has a competition to see who can put the most lights up earliest. Um, but I know that some, uh, some streets enjoy that. But ultimately, all of the Christmas lights that we put up, um, they, they fade in some way. Uh, the batteries wear out. Or the electric bill comes in and we realize how foolish we've been. Uh, and ultimately, January comes and the lights get packed into the boxes and put back into the darkness of the roof space or the very back of the cupboard. 
Uh, And when all of those man-made lights around us go out, uh, we're left in that relative darkness of January, aren't we? Because those lights that we use to celebrate Christmas, they were only ever meant to be temporary. And that's the complete contrast to Jesus, the true light. His light never fades. It doesn't grow weary. The bulbs don't go out. The batteries never run out. It's not, as we look at John 1, it's not overcome by darkness. No, Jesus' light shines brightly and will continue to blaze into all of eternity. Because he isn't just a light that we bring out at Christmas. He is the true light. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to enjoy different references to light throughout the nativity passages in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel and ask what this light means for us and and what should we do in response to that light? How do we follow it? And so for this morning, we're going to consider a section of the first chapter of John's gospel and it's flooded with references to light. And so we'll we'll spend a lot of time and we'll kind of hang most of our thoughts around John 1, 9, but I'd love to read these first 14 verses of John chapter 1. If you have a copy of God's word, I'd love you to turn there. Um, If you don't have a copy of God's Word and you see one in a seat pocket in front of you, um, sorry, that sounded like we were on an airplane, sorry, uh, in a seat thing in front of you, um, if you don't have a copy of God's Word at home, then please do take that. that, That's our gift to you. We'd love you to have a copy of of God's Word to enjoy His Word to you. So let's read uh, John 1, 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And then verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. What wonderful passage of Scripture. And as you see, it's flooded with these references to light and language of light. But but ultimately, these 14 verses and beyond, they're a celebration of Jesus. As we'll come to see more clearly as we work through this morning, Jesus is the object of these verses. He's the object of this passage. He's the one who's talked about here. Jesus is the word that we see at the beginning. He's the light that we see. Jesus is the one who John testified about. Jesus is the son who came from the father. This passage is all about Jesus. And as we begin to uh, embark on this Advent series, what a helpful reminder for us that not just uh, in this passage of scripture is Jesus the focus, but as we think of Christmas all over, Jesus should be our focus. Yes, There are lights that we celebrate, there are presents that we give, there are times with family and friends, all of these wonderful things that come as part of our celebrations of Christmas. They are good and they are to be enjoyed. But ultimately, the heart of Christmas is Christ. And just like this passage, although speaking of light and talks about John, it is ultimately all pointing to Jesus. 
And so this year as we celebrate Christmas, let's, let's recognize that it is all about Jesus too. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to focus mainly on verse 9 this morning. Uh, and then we're going to work our way through different aspects of these verses, these 14 verses that we've read. But verse 9 reads, The light, the true light, that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so we're going to unpack this verse a little bit, and it's going to send us in a couple of different directions. But let's unpack it by asking uh, some questions as we move our way through these passage, this verse. Who is the light that was coming? The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Well, who is this light? Why was this light coming? And then how was this light coming into the world? So who is the light? Why was he coming? And how is this light going to come? Firstly, then, let's ask the question, who is this light that was coming? Well, we could probably head up to the top hall and ask the kids, who do we think this true light that was coming into the world is? The Sunday school answer that many of us grew up hearing, Jesus. Yes, that's right. That is the right answer. Jesus is the true light that was coming into the world. We we see that from the reality in verse 1 and 2, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And then in verse 14, we see that the Word became flesh, made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son. The Word is Jesus. The light is Jesus. This passage is all about Jesus. He is the Word. He is the light. He is the Son that was given. But rather than just racing on from that point and thinking, okay, Jesus is the light who was coming, we need to recognize why that is significant. We need to recognize Jesus' identity. Why is it important that Jesus was coming into the world? Well, just looking back to verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If Jesus is the Word, what does this verse tell us about who he is and the significance of him coming to the world? In the beginning was the Word, Well, this line, as John opens his gospel, it's designed to cast our minds back to the very beginning of Scripture, indeed the very beginning of time. Genesis 1.1 opens the very first page of our Scripture, opens with, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And John begins his gospel, In the beginning, the Word. And it's to focus our minds and cast our minds back to all of eternity and all of creation. See, Genesis 1 begins with those words that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's the record of the the majestic king of the universe creating everything there is out of nothing. He created it all and he made everything. And then John 1, we see that Jesus was present at the beginning. In the beginning was the word. Indeed, we see in verse 2 that he was with God in the beginning. It's repeated. In other words, Jesus is eternal. That's one of the things that we can learn from that tiny phrase, in the beginning was the word. That's because Jesus was there at the beginning. He is eternal. In the beginning was the word. And John 1, 1 goes on, and the word was with God. There's a, an interpersonal connection between the word and the father, if I can even use that language of personal connection. Because actually, we see in verse 14, it's the father who sends the son. They're, they're together in, in purpose and in activity And they are that because they are one. It's the mystery and the wonder and the praiseworthiness of the Trinity. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. Why was the Word with God? Verse 1 goes on to say, because the Word was God. This mind-blowing at times concept of the Trinity. Three persons, one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Word was God. Jesus is God because he is a person of the Trinity. 
He is God, just as the Father is God, as the Spirit is God. Jesus is God. The Word is God. This light that was coming is God who is coming. And this is important for us to recognize because we can see with greater clarity that, that Jesus is eternal, that he is the creator. Remember verse 3, in him all things were made that have been made. He is powerful. He is sovereign. He is way beyond our ability to comprehend or appreciate. And yet this is the word who came. This is the light who was coming, the God who made his dwelling. This is the God who gives light to all mankind. This is the God who we sometimes sing steps down into darkness. So so who is this true light? The true light is Jesus, God's son, God with us, Emmanuel. He is the light of the world. So who is this light? This light is Jesus. Secondly then, why was this light coming? John 1 9 goes on to say, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This light that was coming, Jesus, was coming in order to give light to everyone. Well, well, why is that significant? Why do we need light? As we see in verse 5 of John 1, that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. In other words, we need light because without light there is darkness. And perhaps you can think of that well-known prophecy from Isaiah 9 that we reflect on often at this time of year. Isaiah 9 verse 2 reads, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. And the prophecy goes on in verse 6 to say, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is the light that has dawned. We see the child who was born, the son who was given, Jesus. This is the light who was dawned in the people walking in the land of deep darkness. The light has dawned. Jesus, the the true light, came into a dark world. And in the Bible, images of darkness, um, they're often used to represent life without God, uh, maybe hostility towards God, uh, a place of death or judgment. Uh, In essence, darkness is an absence of God. And therefore, it is the presence of sin. And so it's, it's because we are in this darkness as humanity. We are in sin and therefore we are in this darkness. We can't see the light of God. We can't be in relationship with him that he's created us for. Sin is what keeps us separated from him. And indeed, as we've said many times before, sin is not then therefore to be left unpunished. Because of the impact it has on God's creation. That it is distorted and ruptured God's uh, created relationship with his creation and us as his creation. And so, so he, he rightly and justly judges sin. And so sin is a, is a big problem. It is the biggest problem that any of us will ever face. And so we find ourselves in sin. We find ourselves in darkness but we are in darkness. We can't create light. We can't, we can't find the light switch. If you like to switch it on to see God's truth and God's light, no, we need someone to come and light the world up for us. And indeed, God, in his mercy and in his grace and in his love, has done that. He has sent the light to give light to everyone. And he didn't just send a third party on his behalf. No, he sent himself. Jesus, the word, the light. And so Jesus came into the world that first Christmas so that he would take away the sin 
that we have. He would take it for us. That's why the angel says to Joseph in Matthew, when speaking of Mary, she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. Why is his name important? Because he will save his people from their sins. So this child who was born, this son who was given, this light that was coming, came to save sinners from their sins. Came to take the penalty of sin that we as sinners should rightfully pay. Yet even though he was perfectly sinless, he was innocent of any charge, he took the punishment and the wrath of God that should be coming our way. And the impact of that then, as we see in John 1 verse 12, as we read, yet to all who receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is the light that is broken into the darkness. So to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What a glorious truth. This is, we, we, we should be cast from him in our sin, yet we're welcomed lovingly by him when we believe in his name, when we trust in his sacrifice, when we accept his offer of forgiveness and mercy and grace and life eternal. We're welcomed as his children. And when we do turn to him in this repentance and faith is the language that the scriptures would use, we accept him as our Lord and Savior. And Jesus himself said actually later on in John's gospel in John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he goes on to say, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so following Jesus means we have the light of life. We no longer live in the darkness of sin. We have the light, life with him for the rest of our time here on earth and for the eternity that he's welcomed us into. But notice that there is a choice to receive him or not. We see that in, in John 1, 10 and 11, that he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to all who believe in his name. See, Jesus came to give light to everyone, verse 9 says. In other words, he came to show, our, show us all our need for him and the wonderful salvation that he offers. And so we, we must actively receive him. We must decisively believe in him, follow him. And so I pray that for all of us that we would see this wonderful light, this true light that was coming into the world, and we, we, that we would see the reality that he came to deal with our sin to offer us forgiveness and life and therefore we would joyfully receive him. We would actively believe in his name and therefore we would know the right to become children of God. Not by anything we have done but all because of what this light has done for us. So to go back to our second question, why was this light coming? Well, he, Jesus, the true light was coming into the world to save people from their sin. That's why he came and that's why we still celebrate Christmas each year, that's why we remember his wonderful coming. So who is the light? Jesus is the light. Why was he coming? To save people from their sin. Finally then, let's ask, how was this light coming? John 1.9 again says, The true light, Jesus, that gives light to everyone, shows us our need for salvation and the reality that he wants to give us it. And he was coming into the world, but how was he coming? Well, verse 14 makes it clear, doesn't it, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Word, God's Son, as we've seen, Jesus, the light, He became flesh, He dwelt among us. The Creator entered His creation. And, but, but He didn't come with the, the might and the power and the, even the pomp and ceremony that we might expect. No, He came as a, as a health, helpless infant. 
born to, to humble, faith-filled parents. And now, of course, there had been centuries-old prophecies. There had been angelic proclamations. There was the, the star in the sky. This wasn't an ordinary birth. But in terms of the Messiah, the Savior, the creator of the world entering his creation, this whole event speaks to us of his humility. And that theme of humility characterized much of his life. He came in humility and he lived in humility. In Mark 10:45, Jesus, again speaking of himself, said, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As we've seen already this morning, Jesus came in order to die to save people from their sin. And so his entry into the world in these humble, gentle surroundings, was, was, it sort of set the tone for what was to come. As we close, I'd love to, to look at Philippians 2. Just some, one of the, these classic verses of Jesus and his humility that speak to us so clearly. So speaking of Jesus, Paul is writing here to a church in Philippi saying, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is the way the true light was coming into the world, to save his people, to redeem them through his sacrifice. So how did Jesus come? He came humbly. He came gently. Yet in that humility and gentleness, don't miss the reality that he came with the power to save. So John 1 verse 9, for this Christmas for us, it's more than a catchy phrase on a candle sticker. This is a wonderful, joyful reality of Christmas. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Who was this light that was coming? It was Jesus. God himself. The word. Why was he coming? He was coming to show us our sin and to show us the salvation that he came to offer. And how was he coming? He was coming in humility to serve and ultimately to give his life. Jesus came into the world. He made his dwelling among us. And he did it so that we would know his love. We would know his truth. We would know his grace, his forgiveness, the the life in all its fullness that he speaks of. And so at the heart of Christmas is Christ, the true light that gives light to everyone who came into the world. And we we know that he did come into the world. We know that he did achieve everything he set out to do. He did die in my place and yours, taking on the penalty of my sin and yours, satisfying the, the wrath and justice of God. He did that. He did rise from the dead, showing the ultimate victory over sin and death and evil. He did ascend to heaven where he's now waiting to come again and bring in his fullness, his kingdom in all its fullness. He did all of that and he will do all of that. And so we must ask ourselves this Christmas, do we know this true light? Do we believe in his name? Have we received him as our Lord and our Savior? And and if we have, and let's allow his light in us to shine brightly. We're going to think about that in the weeks to follow. But for now, let's just join in wonder at this true light. The one who came into the world. The one who showed us our sin and offers salvation. The one who stooped down from heaven to dwell on earth. 
the one who welcomes us as his children, children of God, no longer in darkness, but living in the light of his life. Jesus, the true light, who gives light to everyone who's coming into the world. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you for this wonderful, joyful reality that we get to celebrate every day, let alone every Christmas. That you sent your Son. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And you did that, Father, so that we would know sins forgiven. That Jesus would take the penalty that was ours to pay. And so, Father, we have the choice to receive him, to believe in his name, and therefore we can become children of God. And so, Father, we pray that in all of the the many varied emotions that come at this time of year, God, would you help us to ground ourselves in this wonderful, joyful truth that isn't just good news for now, it's good news for now, for every day and for all eternity, that the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And so we pray, Father, for those of us who have received, who do believe, God, would you help us to to joyfully meditate on this wonderful gift that you have given and to realize, Father, what it means to follow you, that we no longer live in darkness, but we live in the light of your life. And Father, for those who maybe haven't made that choice yet, Father, would you work and move? Show them, Father, your life and your grace. Show them the light that you call them to out of the darkness. And so we pray, Father, that with this wonderful good news, you would help us to be faithful and obedient. And Lord, may we celebrate this year, knowing that you, the true light, have come into the world to save your people from their sin and to give life in you in all its fullness for all eternity. So would you receive the glory that you, our humble King, deserve. Amen. Amen.